Welcome to another episode of Sales with Aslan. I'm your host, Tom Stanfill, and I'm here with my faithful sidekick and the Chuck Norris of training, Dr. Tab Norris. How are you doing, Tab? Thank you, Tom. I keep thinking the doctor is going to go away, but it just stays around. So all my doctor friends love that. Yeah. So yeah, barely graduated with a 2.5 in business. <laughs> it's a totally different profession, Tab. You're a Very doctor. True. You've reached the highest level true. of effectiveness and professionalism. Uh, and success mm. in your industry. So, mm. so therefore you're a doctor. I don't I know. I don't know. I love it. I'm sure somebody's giving you a key to the city or a diploma or something. Oh yeah. Well, let's scrub in Tom and dig right in. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I don't that. know. I couldn't I help myself. That. I love that. Okay. <sighs> Tab super, su super. That's my word for when I'm really super. excited. There's excited mm -hmm. and super excited today. I am very super excited about having our guest on today. She personally taught me how to sell virtually. Tab, that's a bold statement. That is uh, bold. I like how you paused right there to let people just kind of feel mm -hmm. that. Well, and on all seriousness, we're going to talk about virtual selling. Um, so virtual selling is here to stay. I mean, yes, the pandemic is winding down. But as I continue to talk to decision makers and ask questions about you know, hey, it, what percentage of your sales organization do you think is going to continue to sell virtually? And I'm continuing to hear 35%. Uh, so it's here to stay. I'm sure, you know, our customers are probably used to it now. They're going to continue to say, hey, why don't we just meet virtually? So we, we've got to master it, Tab. But here's what I'm seeing, and I, I'm interested to see if you're, you're noticing the same thing. I'm still seeing sellers struggle with selling virtually. Oh, yeah. And it's not like we've crossed some plane and all of a sudden he's like, oh, whatever. I don't, who needs to be in front of a customer? This is great. It's almost the opposite. <laughs> I feel like people are just getting worn down. I mean, they're, yeah. they're tired, they're weary. Mm. Um, so I, I think this, this is very timely that we're having this conversation with Jenna. Yeah. And I think it probably was sparked by uh, some meetings I've had recently where I could tell sellers were struggling. And so I thought, let's, let's revisit this topic and who better to revisit this topic with and Jenna Lepore, who joined Aslan after selling us on her services. And, and seriously, Tab, when, when we met with her company, um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a marketing firm that we had hired and we met with her firm as part of the, you know, onboarding process. We still weren't a client yet. And I met Jenna. I'm like, she's so amazing. We have to hire her. And so we pursued her and believe it or not, she has now joined us and is going to share with us what she's learned from about selling virtually so that we all can be better at what we do. So let's welcome Miss Jenna Lapore Kasha. Hello, Thanks, Jenna. Thanks, it's always gentlemen. great. Flattery will get you everywhere, Tom. I appreciate that. Well, I did, and I did mention some of the other firms that you work with, that you've worked with EMC, HubSpot, Google. So you, you've been in sales for how long? Mm, about 15 plus years, give or take. Okay. okay. So you've been take. 15 years in sales and how long have you been selling virtually? So believe it or not, I had to sit back and think about this since 2012, 2012. Wow. Yeah. So before wow. it was cool, you were virtual. It was before there was even, this is when WebEx was still the platform of choice. And before mm -hmm. we were actually even had, you know, webcams truly built in to our mm -hmm. laptops, but I was selling at that time at HubSpot, um, showing screens and doing demos that way. So yeah, I would say uh, 2012 was probably the start of it. Wow. 
well. So you've been doing a lot. And, and that that's really what impressed me so much about you is because we we were meeting virtually and you know as you were were talking to Aslan in the sort of the early stages of our relationship and the way that you managed the meeting talked to me specifically and sold your services I was amazed because I at that time had never sold virtually I had never really been in meetings virtually I had leaned mostly on the face-to-face meeting that was one of our you know key steps in the process is to go on site and spend time with an assessment process and present our recommendation and so we we moved as fast as we could from phone meetings to on site. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we're in this new world of having to build a relationship, meet with the right people, present our solution all virtually. And I watched you do it. I was, I was amazed. So you are going to walk us through what you think are the, the 10 most important tips for selling virtually. Is that, is that what I'm, is that what we're excited about today? That's what we're in for today. Mm-hmm. And I, I think some of these may be healthy reminders Mm-hmm. Some of them may be new and potentially unorthodox, but I think that these are these are key and important to every any rep of of whatever tenure it may be, regardless of what you're selling. These are things that can that can truly help you thrive. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. Well, all right. Let's go. Number one. What's the what's the number one tip of our top tips for selling virtually? What's the number one pro tip? Number one. So number one is actually a precursor to even being on a meeting, right? So this is what I call using videos to get meetings. Mm. Mm, That's controversial. I remember you sending videos out to us at Aslan (laughs) and I remember thinking this is really good. And it also got my attention because it wasn't normal. It wasn't the typical medium to get a, to get a meeting or to talk to, talk to us. Right. So there's, there's so many different channels in which you can engage with, with prospects, potential mm-hmm. clients now, right? You have LinkedIn, you have email, you have phone, video. There's so many avenues. I have personally found video to be the most successful from an engagement standpoint. Right. And, and there are a couple different tools that you can use. Um, I'll list some of them now. My personal favorite is, is Vidyard. There's okay. free and paid versions of all of these tools. So Vidyard, Bright Cove, Loom is a big one. Wistia, mm. Wistia, just a you know a video platform. Right. I prefer Loom or Vidyard uh, for a couple different reasons. A lot of it has to do with tracking, right? And what I mean okay. by that is, I send you a video tab, and mm. I I am able to see kind of heat map. Did you watch it? How how many times did you watch it? Did you ah. forward it to someone? So this is a good prospecting tool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also a great tool to differentiate yourself. So when, when you're sending these videos, Mm -hmm. uh, let's say this is to set up a discovery call, right? So so you've, you've done your, your homework, your pre-work, your research, and you want to do something to engage a buyer. Uh, Now, wait, are you saying to get a meeting or you have a meeting, but you want them, you're preparing them for the meeting? It could be both. I've used it both ways. That's a good clarifying point, right? So in this instance, let's, let's say that I'm trying to get a meeting. Um, we, we here at Aslan talk a lot about OCP and I'll, I'll, Tom, I'll let you talk about kind of how you pack that into what you would put in this video, but a couple rules of thumb when you're sending out a video like this, ideally in a two, no more than two and a half minute mark. I've gone over, I've definitely gone over. Okay. So uh, keep it, keep it under two minutes. Short, concise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then another key point here is you never just want to put a video in an email and just just hope that that person opens it. It's, it's, it's still semi new, 
to mm -hmm. some clients. So I think one of the best pieces of advice I can offer is to also offer a blurb or a bulleted list under as to why you should meet with me. Okay. 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 Now that's like a, all the like a teaser. Meeting. Like a, a teaser. teaser. Yeah. Like there, there's actually... watch this video because it helps them see. I've gotten one of these, these types of videos before where it helps me go. This video was created for me versus a, a generic something that they're so, sending to everybody. That's key, right? Making mm -hmm. sure that the person on the other end knows that this was personalized, that you took the time out, you know, however many minutes to actually record them a video. Um, there's, there's a techie acronym called too long. Didn't watch it's it. T L D W. Uh, yeah. And you insert that before you send the blur. But the last point on this is it's it's also can be used at any part of the sales process. So I have used video to communicate really complex ideas later in the sales process um, that just email just can't seem to convey. And that person doesn't have time to hop on another call or on the phone. Mm -hmm. So I've used video to really hold them and myself accountable to what I'm saying so that they can understand it. Mm. Do you do anything to control what they see when they look at the email? Because I've seen people waving at me and I'm, yeah. you know, they're doing yeah, something to catch my, or like <laughs> people. what are they waiting, Tom? I mean, they may not be waving at you. They are sure. <laughs> no, they were waving. I promise. And then I've had other people hold up something. A whiteboard you know, or something. Yeah, they're, they're, they've written yeah. something. Yeah. They're, they're letting me know you know, that, Hey, like they may be holding up my book or something like that. I'm like, okay, so this is, this is custom to me. Is there any tips that you want to share about what do you, you know, what image or I guess, I don't know exactly how you do it. So I you know, can do a, you can do a static image. Yeah, yeah. You can do a static image. Uh, that doesn't really show that it's personalized. A lot of people, when, when video first came out for this type of uh, mm -hmm. engagement would use a whiteboard and they'd write the person's name. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that way they know it's for them. And you're, you are curious. You're going to click on that yeah. video, uh, a wave, a simple wave and talk knows that that person's person <laughs> smile, smile mm -hmm. as simple as just smiling. So, you know, that I'm inviting mm -hmm. you into my world. Right. Right. Uh, those are just cute little coy things that can definitely engage someone. I have done the book. I have held up authors books that I've been trying to, you know, get on the phone for whatever reason, whatever props that you can leverage. And we'll talk more about that later that's a really good opportunity to showcase those. So there's, there's a, there's an animation that goes into it. I would recommend using, using the Giphy versus the static version. Okay. So that's what it's an option. And I have, obviously I haven't done this, but depending on the platform. Okay. okay. Yeah. Depending on the platform. I like the waving the book idea. Mm. Really yeah, waving like something to get your attention. But yeah. I will say to your point, I, I got a video the other day from a, a seller and I get these all the time because of my title, uh, you know, and I get them, I mean, literally, I get probably, I don't know, 30 emails a day from people who are trying to sell me something. And so I notice these videos. And the first thing I try to figure out is, is this custom? Is this, mm. is this to me or is this to, like one of the yeah. generics? And I think that's where the video sometimes tells that story. And sometimes it doesn't. So just mm -hmm. waving doesn't do anything. So I like something which, you know, you mentioned earlier about creating a message that in, in the, you know, the heart of the message that you create, that you're going to deliver via video. I think it's a good to remind people what resonates. There's three things we want to do when we deliver a message. We want to right. capture, capture, elevate, and separate. So capture, meaning we got to capture their attention. So like when you talk about the bullets that you list, the first thing that, that we want to 
communicate that captures their attention is something about them. You know, we always talk about lead with what's on their whiteboard. So we want to talk about a problem they have or something we know about them. If we show them a picture of them, they will always look at it. So if you hold up a picture, like if somebody puts a picture of my book up, I'm going to notice it. Or if they say yeah. anything, like somebody uh, sent something to me the other day that I read it, it said, are you spending way too much time writing content? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody how'd you else, know? Yeah. How'd you know? And somebody else sent me an email that I read that said something about something about products. Are you, have you launched a product that failed? And I'm like, well, yeah, we have launched products that failed. So like, that's on my mm. whiteboard. I'm in the middle of looking at how do we revamp one of our products? And I'm like, so if it's on my whiteboard, it's going to capture my attention. The second thing is we talk about elevate. We want to elevate our position by communicating what we call a disruptive truth. So how can we communicate to them that we know something about a better way to solve their problem than they do? Something unique thought or truth. And then the last thing is we want to separate ourselves from the competition. What can we do that nobody else does? So I think that's just a good reminder. I know we've talked about that on our podcast before, but I think that's, and I know that you've done that when I've looked at your, your emails, you do a good job of capture, elevate and separate. I mean, it's, it's one thing if you're sending a video and you get someone to click on it, right? That's yeah. half the battle. But if you actually want them to respond and meet with you, then we have to encompass these three elements for sure. Yeah. Great, great point. All right. Number, number two, Tab. What's number uh, two? Number two. What is it? I know. Drum roll, please. Number two. Here we go. Yeah, no, what's so number this, two? This drum, drum roll, yeah. So this may seem a bit obvious, but I, I, I want to, you know, double click on this. So it's, it's turn off personal distractions. Yeah. So yes, the obvious email, text, etc. Mm -hmm. This, this tip or trick is it can be a bit controversial. And I think that there's a good use case for it some, sometimes, mm -hmm. which is turn off your self view. I don't mean camera. I mean, turn off you actually looking at yourself. Yeah. Right. So I have, I have started to do this more frequently when there's quite a few folks on the call and I'm not paying attention to the entire group. Mm. Um, because I'm, you just mentioned holding up a mirror. What am I looking at? I'm looking at myself. Right. 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 That said, some of the times where I would leave it on for learning purposes is to see your facial expressions. That's the beauty of having this virtual environment, which you wouldn't mm -hmm. normally have in a face-to-face -face setting is, what, what do I look like? How professional? What is my, am I giving that I'm not interested face? So it, it keeps you in check, but I would highly recommend at least trying to shut that self-view off every, every once in a while mm -hmm. so that you can truly be is what we call other centered and focus on exactly what that other person is, is saying. What do you think yeah. about that tab? I like it. I mean, I've, I've, I've always, I think I've trained myself to, I, I get both. You know what I mean? I'm okay with both because I think if you can train yourself to uh, really keep your eyes on the people you're serving and you just kind of have yourself over here on the side so you can occasionally make sure that you're looking okay and you know that your background's okay I don't know I just kind of like keeping a check how, how are my facial expressions but I think if it's a distraction shut it off you know what I mean like if you can't really help keep your focus on yeah. the people that's, that's just a, my that's opinion a, I think too Tab because of your 
the amount of hours that you're on camera, you probably yeah. don't notice yourself as much as someone like me who's not on camera near as much as you are. So I tend to, it is, it tends to be a distraction for me. So it probably has a lot to do with That's how many true. hours you're on, you're on camera where you kind of ignore yourself. You can, you yeah, know. I think that's true. And, and I really don't have the hair that you have. So it's, I don't really have to work through all that. I've got to work through the hair tab. So, yeah. I think yeah. that's probably and the it. age, the age, you know, the wrinkles. <laughs> anything, right. uh, anything else though, distractions, uh, Jenna, that you. So also, uh, you know, I think this goes into making sure your, your actual background tab mentioned background, your actual background is, is aesthetically pleasing, et cetera, because I know too often, yeah. Uh, having been on on the receiving end, right? I am often distracted if there's things that are going on behind me. I I lose my train of thought, and yeah. that's such a that seems to be such an obvious statement, but truly, I mean, I've had folks have these wild chairs. They've got um, chairs, literally. Yeah. I, was, I had someone sitting in a gaming chair, and I was just completely distracted the entire or pictures the entire behind them are in a weird place. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. Said, or like the lighting is off people. Yeah, it, 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 I think it's really important to create a professional environment. So it looks like best you can a newsroom, you're on television. I mean, even like when you watch television, you can see people are, like I, I was watching some coach on some NFL show and, and there was something in the back and when he move, it would like be weird behind his head. And I was just constantly distracted by what was behind him. So good point. The other thing I saw on a call the other day is somebody was getting chat while I was on the call mm. and it was very distracting to me <laughs> Yeah, because like, you can could see messages coming in. I'm like, <laughs> what does that say? I mean, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so great point. All right, let's move. Number three. What's number three, Jenna? Number two, number one, use video to get more meetings. Number two, avoid personal distractions or distractions. And then three, what's number three? So so leverage your behind the scenes and engage props. Leverage your okay. behind the scenes and engage props. So mm, this is where you kind of have an unfair advantage of being virtually than you would face-to-face, -face, okay? Mm, so yeah. I, I am a big a visual learner, okay. okay? So when I'm selling or training, I love leveraging props in the right place in the right time. And what I mean by that is leverage, whether it be sharing a piece of collateral, or um, actually using a whiteboard. You ever have you done that, Tom, on, on sales calls? Leveraging an actual, a physical, tangible whiteboard no, and doing a camera. I have not done that. I've pulled up my iPad and joined oh, the meeting. Join the meeting with my iPad. Mm. So I've got two screens going, and then I can write on my iPad as my way of of um, kind of having a whiteboard, but um, I like the idea of, I've seen you do that. And I thought that, I think that's very effective. And so and actually I did learn this from tab where we actually have a second camera. You mm -hmm. actually have a second camera mm -hmm. and you flip to that second camera to demonstrate a more comprehensive point on, on a whiteboard, like you would in person. Right, There's yeah. something about that that creates so much movement on the call and keeps it dynamic that you're really, I mean, if they, if someone wasn't paying attention to you when you were speaking, they're sure going to be paying attention to you when you're drawing. Right. Yeah. Um, well, predictability determines impact. So anything you do that's yeah. unpredictable is going to get their attention. Yeah. I remember we had one client that had us come in and do virtual training for their salespeople because of that. The uh, John, one of our salespeople, that he said that he was, we were watching him sell to them. And uh, they're like, man, we just make our people do, 
do it like you do it. And a big part of that was when you jumped on that second camera and you started writing on the, on the flip chart, we're like, man, this is awesome. This is really powerful. Yeah, so I agree with you. That. You got to invest in equipment. You got to invest in the camera yep. and, and, you know, get a second camera, get a good camera. Excellent yep. point. Anything else? Uh, what else? Yeah, there's, there's, there's one, there's one piece of this that's, that I think is a good precursor, mm -hmm. which is I I've done this where I've actually sent an email. If I knew there's going to be a lot of people on the call, uh, especially in its C-level executives. I want to know what type of learners they are, right? Uh, okay. What I mean by that is, so I'm a visual learner, whether mm. you're an auditory learner or you're a hands-on learner. Hands-on learner meaning being somebody that needs to see a demo, right? They're also visual learners, but in, in the virtual world, I'm talking yes. about yeah. demos. I have asked at the top of the call, hmm. what way do you learn? And they look mm. at me a little funny. And then when they understand it, they're like, oh yeah, no, no, no. I need to see something. And then, so mm. you're able to pull it up on the fly. And that really is impactful. I think that really goes a long way, which you, you can sort of do that face-to-face, -face, but not always. Uh, some of our clients um, that we've worked with, we've gotten them to change their process because they're used to going on site and doing demos. Yeah. And so what they've done is they'll ship the product to the customer, potential customer, and then they'll walk them through the demo. So they are the, uh, you know, they're all the tangent, what do you call the kind of learner? The, the, the kinetic, is it kinetic, kinetic learner? It's like they're, I forget. Yeah. Did they learn by touching, doing whatever? Yeah. That's kinetic. I believe. Kinetic. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other name escapes me, but yeah. So they, so that's what they do. They send them. So like for us, we could send out our, our content, our training books mm. so they could hold mm. it. So we, we could walk them through it while they're touching it and holding it. So I think that's a good point. All right. Number four, what's number four. Let's move on to our fourth tip. Sure. Our 10 pro tips. So number four is be intentional, intentional, about creating a deeper dialogue. This is all about engagement, all okay. about engagement. Mm. And, and I, this to me is- I think this is the toughest one. I totally is, agree with you. This is a tough one. This is also, I, I think this personally separates the really good field reps mm -hmm. from really great virtual sellers. People who right. can do this can do, they're, they're, they're amp, amp, what's the word I'm looking for? Ambidextrous in terms of yeah, right, being able yeah. to kind of translate in both. Amphibious? Is it amphibious? It's amphibious. <laughs> we'll clean that up. You can on throw the, left we'll hand up or right editing. hand. Yeah, it's amphibious. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> so this, this is actually, doctor. I mean, truly calling out <laughs> Thank you, people doctor. by name on calls. And, uh -huh. and asking, you know, other centered questions. This is peeling back the onion. This is going mm -hmm. three la layers deep. It is so much harder to do this here than it is virtual. Um, one of the things that I, I personally like to do either throughout the call or particularly at the end of a call hmm. is ask, I, it's a temperature check. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean when I say that? Uh -huh. Temperature check. Mm -hmm. So, you know, ask us something on a scale of, you know, one to 10, mm -hmm. one being we nailed it, 10 be, excuse me, one being we flopped, 10 being we nailed it, 10 right. being you're going to move forward. Mm -hmm. Whatever the gap is, I, I want to ask those questions because I don't want to assume anything. You know, somebody yeah. could have been smiling and head nodding with me the whole time. And I asked that question. They're like, we're a yeah. five. I'm like, well, you're five. Ooh, wow. Yeah. All right. Where's the gap? Where's the, how do I get you to attend? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's really making sure that you're not a, the virtual environment. I'm only seeing, you know, pretty much from the neck up. I can, mm -hmm. only, I can't really see the rest of the body language. So 
being super intentional about the questions you're asking to go deeper and also making sure that you're not assuming anything is, is super, super important in the virtual environment. I think a lot of people will understand that and agree with that point. I think the challenge is knowing how to do it. So mm. like you, I was, when I first met you, I was mm. kind of in the background and quote unquote hiding, right? While you guys had your meeting, but I was participating and mm. sort of halfway through the meeting, you called me out. I did. And yeah. You called me out, which is what, what I, I first like, okay, this, this person knows what this woman knows what she's doing. Um, you called me out and said, Tom, your facial expression looks <laughs> like that we may not be hitting the mark. You said something along those lines, or is there a concern or what is your, what is your thoughts about? It? And then you said it, you said, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you, you gave a reason why you pulled me in. And, and because of my experience or because of something I was doing versus just, hey, what do you think? It was more than that. So talk to me about that. Why, um, how do you do that? And where does the confidence come from to do that? So I, I think that, and this kind of overlaps with one of the other tips we're talking about, which, which mm -hmm. kind of bleeds into like building rapport, which is coming, but mm -hmm. making sure that you realize that there, it is so crucial to not lose your edge just because you're in front of a camera. And what I mean by that is that confidence that you would have in a room if you were presenting and you helped had the energy that really needs to come through 10x on a virtual mm -hmm. environment. And if you don't do that, it's yours to lose. The deal is likely yours to lose. Where does the, the confidence come from? I think it's 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 a matter of really honing your personal skills. So I might be a little forward brass, if you will, some, some may say. No, never, <laughs> never. I would say confident, very confident. Yes, yes. No, so I think, I think a lot of it comes down to saying, this is so cheesy, but I have to say it. I mean, truly saying it with a smile or, or, mm. or, or backing it up with truth. You know, we talk yeah. a lot on this podcast about truth. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you because... Yeah. Insert answer, which truly, I remember that moment that you're talking about. And I remember that you were completely disengaged, completely disengaged. And there was, <laughs> there was a moment where I needed your input because no one mm. else on the call could answer that. And having the confidence to do that is having the confidence to run virtual calls. You have to be able to know the room and be able to orchestrate, if you will, like a teacher, those that are unattentive, those that are, that are over attentive and they're just dominating the call. You need to be able to, to, and it's, I think the best way to become really skilled at this is to do it constantly. And it's a healthy mm -hmm. balance and a tap dance and the dynamic on the other end is going to change, but you need to confidently manage the call without, um, being, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, are you saying without fear of failure or without, without fear of failure? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think what's just such a, go ahead, Tab. Well, I was going to say, and you don't want to be a teacher. You don't want to come across as Bobby. You need, it's, it's your, the way you communicate, it matters too, right? Mm -hmm. Tom, mm -hmm. I haven't heard from you. Please, t you know, tell me yeah. what you're thinking. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, you don't do that. You do it in a way that's very natural and you're confident and mm -hmm. you're, um, you're like, Tom, I, I really need your input here. So, I mean, I know that matters, doesn't it? Just mm -hmm. so, maybe yeah. it always is confidence. Well, and I, I love the idea of, 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 you know, the fear idea, because I think people, uh, well, mm -hmm. it, well, I also love what I, I want to acknowledge that because I think that's super important. We don't want to be above or below them. 
Right. I think we typically move in one of those. Well, what do you think? Yeah. You know, you're not talking, <laughs> right. you should talk or <laughs> we put ourselves below them. Oh, you're CEO. And I don't, I'm, I sh- what do you think? And, and neither one of them is accurate. We are peers and you're right. helping them solve the problem. I think the, the confidence comes from twofold. One, we make fear a bigger deal. Like it's mm. fear of failure is a bigger, no. What if you just said, Tom, what do you think? And I'd have gone, I don't know. I really don't want to comment right now. You just move on. <laughs> It's not, it's not a big deal. It's like, you know, I'll have have to think about that. I've, I've had people go, Bob, do you have any thoughts about that? Cause actually it was a really poor question because I didn't position the question well. Right. Um, And then Bob's like, no, really? Okay, well, let's move on. I mean, it's not a big deal, but if I think what you're saying, what would happen naturally, if we were face to face in that same meeting, Jenna, I would have engaged fully. I would have talked a lot. I, you would have read my body language. I would have said, I would have said probably 10 times more than I would have said virtually. So if you don't ask those questions, you're not going to pull me in. And you did pull me in and I started engaging in the dialogue picked up. The second thing that you said that I think is really important is prepare your questions. When I prepare Mm. my questions, because I know who's going to be on the call and I'm like, I need to draw this person in. How am I going to do that? Like this guy, I remember being on a call, a virtual call, and I had to pull a global person in who was kind of last, just, they weren't that connected to the project. And I knew they weren't going to talk different language, Mm -hmm. not that bought into the process. I I knew they were really probably not very aligned with Aslan. So I specifically prepped the question by saying you, this program has got to be successful globally, right? If we just make this a U.S. based program and we don't understand the needs globally, it's going to fail. So Bob, what do you think? I always go with Bob. I don't know why. I I love that Bob. Frank, Ralph, I go with these very old names, these kind of 1950s names, but anyway, and then he, you know, he chimed in. And so I think preparing that is, is, is preparing how you're going to position that question versus just asking it is critical. The, the, the the intentional element, but also Mm -hmm. the, the, the fear is really is crucial here because it's also, there's something to be said. It's like selling inside sales, right. As well you can't be afraid of awkward silence. No. And one way that I love to do this is if Mm -hmm. I'm calling someone out and that person's just disengaged or I need them to be engaged and I'm sharing a screen, I stop sharing Mm -hmm. the screen. Now I'm looking at just faces. I'm honing in on that person. And there may be a moment where that person's just not going to answer or they may, they might move on and you're going to move on, but there may be a moment where the wheels are just turning because Mm -hmm. they were probably distracted or whatnot. You can't be afraid of awkward silence on these calls. Um, yeah. They'll yeah, fill it. A, yeah. I want to say one more thing about the fear thing too, is, is it's when you think about the fear thing, it, don't be afraid to lose because you're going to lose anyway, if they don't talk, mm-hmm. if you don't get them engaged and they're not telling you what's happening and you're not getting them to talk about their decision drivers or what's important, you're going to lose anyway. So, yeah. cause I think a, a lot of our fear comes with, if I ask that question and they don't like it, and then, you know, we I'll lose the deal. If, if, if you can't get them engaged, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Well, I totally agree. And, and something I've done and Jen, I'd love to have your opinion on this work for mm. me. And it was a little bit of a risk, like six people, global, different languages, you know, um, English, not the first language with some of the folks. And I had Mm. about three people hiding and they were important and they Mm. needed to be part of the discussion. And I couldn't, I'd call on them and they'd grunt. I mean, literally I was losing. It was just, they weren't engaged. So I went to, to chat 
And I said, hey, I really need all six of you. I think it's really important that I get your understanding of this. I want, I want to get your insights based on your region, your mm-hmm. sales team in your region. Can you put it in chat? And, and, and they actually did that. And then it was a way to call on people. Love that. You know what I mean? It was like, John, okay, John, excellent. Now that's interesting because you're saying that you've got twice as many as Jimmy over here. You know what? All of a sudden it created some dialogue. And once I did that, they started engaging, but it was almost like, it was just, you're always looking for as many tools as you can to get them in jazz. I, we've, I've done it with a poll too. I quickly popped a poll together. And I just said, I want to pop a poll up here. I just want to hear from everybody. And I popped it up and I go, hey, who was the one? Who who said one? Great idea. Who said yeah. two? And, and just another way to create some engagement. That's, so. a, that's a great idea. And it's funny as, as, a, as a salesperson might think, oh, I'm doing a bad job. People aren't engaging. They could be insecure about their inability to speak the language. You know, like a lot <laughs> of times it. the customer's like, I don't know what to say, or I'm kind of lost, or you seem really yeah. sharp and you, I don't know what we're talking about because I feel stupid. So exactly. we, we, we typically... Uh, one of, before we leave this topic, I also think of when we're presenting, you know, kind of been talking about sort of the discovery process or our dialogue, but when you're presenting, is there anything, Jenna, because I know you, I've seen you do this and then you're very good at it. Is there anything that you think through when you're presenting your solution or any best practices around them to keep them engaged, like turn the so- camera off or anything else that you do? Yeah, so so I'd mentioned just turning the camera off, especially when I'm calling mm-hmm. calling on yeah. someone for sure. There's also, um, and this goes back to what we talked about, like how do they learn? So yeah. um, you may want to send them something in advance, but in terms of presentation mode, um, no, I, th- I think we hit on everything. Honestly, yeah. I, I think we hit on all of that. Dab, I'm looking at the clock here and it looks like we've been going for about 30 minutes. I'm thinking if you're with me, I'm so with you. And by the should... way, they've been a great 30 minutes. This has been a great <laughs> it's amazing, 30 minutes. Jenna's amazing. <laughs> I love the first four tips. Blown my mind. I'm going to be better. Um, but I'm thinking maybe we turn this into a two-part series. Well, I I must I think that's a great idea because we can only contain so much. Mm-hmm. Do you think and, a series would be two-part, would be more than two? So two-part. We're going to call it a two-part mini-series. That's what we're going to call it. That little love boat used to do that occasionally. We'll I don't do know if you remember. Two part. All right, let's do it. We're going to do two-part. So we're going to stop here. This is going to be this is going to be part one. And then we're in the next part of the mini-series is going to be part two. So guys, thanks for joining us for an ep- another episode of Sales with Aslan and join us next week for part two. Thank you.